Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Oh, Captain, my Captain. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. I'll have what she's having. You have chosen wisely. It reminds us all that once was good. And it could be again. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. It's the 30-something movie podcast, back again, episode number 275, When Harry Met Sally. Very, very quickly, I am just going to point out that I am re-recording this intro, because when we were recording the other night, we lost the first, well, maybe half hour of our discussion so we talked about the uh, rumors of the new matrix movie coming out we talked about the new bill and ted movie coming out we talked about looking forward to rise of skywalker which at the time of our recording was about two days away so we lost the first maybe half hour or so of all the stuff we were talking about and um so I'm going to re-record this portion of it now, so you're only going to be hearing me, but I've got uh, uh, Pat and Bo are with me, and so we will, once I'm done kind of giving the intro to our podcast and our movie information and all that other stuff for When Harry Met Sally, then we're going to just kind of jump right into where our discussion picked up. So here we go. Uh, spoiler alert, we spoil the movies we talk about this time. We're talking When Harry Met Sally, so if you have not seen it sometime in the last 30 years, you may want to go watch the movie and then come on back. We'll be here. Leave us an iTunes review. If you like what you're hearing on the show, uh, please tell other people about the show so they can enjoy it, too, and uh, interact with us on Twitter and all those other places. Um, typically, we are 30 podcasts on the social media outlets. Um, but yeah, if you leave us an iTunes review, that's a really helpful way to let more people know about the show, lets us know how we're doing, and it's just kind of fun to see um, you know, where we're at in, in all the, the different countries. It's been really fun to kind of see that lately with um, looking at some of the different charts on iTunes. And visit our website, 30podcast.com. That's got all the different ways that you can interact with us from our voicemail line to our other social media spots and uh, previous episodes, our letterboxed page, all that stuff. So like I said, tonight I'm joined by Pat Canigallo, Bo Warmbold. We'll be getting to those guys here in just a moment. But the movie we're talking about is When Harry Met Sally. It came out on the 21st of July, 1989, rated R with a runtime of one hour and 35 minutes, directed by Rob Reiner, who did This Is Spinal Tap and The Princess Bride. Producers were Rob Reiner and Andrew Scheinman. Reiner did The American President. Scheinman also produced A Few Good Men and Stand By Me. Writer for this one was Nora Ephron. She died in 2012, and she also wrote My Blue Heaven and You've Got Mail. Cinematography was done by Barry Sonnenfeld. He did Raising Arizona and Big. Music was Robert Layton. He did A Few Good Men, Misery, and Best in Show. Budget was $16 million. Box office was $93.1 million. Reviews, Rotten Tomatoes critics gives it a 90%. Rotten Tomatoes audience give it an 89%. IMDb gives it a 76, Letterboxd a 78, and CinemaScore an A+. Billy Crystal stars as Harry Burns. He was also in City Slickers and Analyze This. Meg Ryan plays as Sally Albright. She was in French Kiss and Sleepless in Seattle. Carrie Fisher, the princess herself, plays Marie. She was in Star Wars and Blues Brothers. Bruno Kirby, who died in 2006, played Jess. He was also in Good Morning Vietnam and City Slickers. Stephen Ford played Joe. He was in Starship Troopers and Black Hawk Down. Lisa Jane Persky played Alice. She was in The Big Easy and The Cotton Club. And Michelle Nicastro, who died in 2010, played Amanda. She was in The Swan Princess and uh, I think at least one or two episodes of The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Here is the trailer for When Harry Met Sally, and we'll be back with our discussion right after that. Men and women can't be friends because no man can be friends with a woman that he finds attractive. He always wants to have sex with her. So you're saying that a man can be friends with a woman he finds unattractive? No, you pretty much want to nail him, too. Greg? No, I don't like to eat between meals. I'll roll down the window. A faceless guy rips off your clothes, and that's the sex fantasy you've been having since you were 12. Exactly the same. Well, sometimes I varied it a little. Which part? 
what I'm wearing. You tell her about other women. Yeah, like the other night. I made love to this woman, and it was so incredible. I took her to a place that wasn't human. She actually meowed. You made a woman meow? Sure. I need to talk. What happened? What's the matter? Mary came over last I night. I went over to Sally's last night. Because I was upset that Joe was getting married. And one thing led to another. And before I knew it, we were kissing. To make and a then long story short, we, we did, did it. They did it. You challenged me. <laughs> I'm difficult. I'm too structured. I'm completely closed off. But in a good way. And I'm gonna be 40. <laughs> when? <laughs> Someday. In eight years. for men. Charlie Chaplin had babies when he was 73. Yeah, but he was too old to pick them up. One of the things I like about this movie is that I feel like the relationships are real in this movie. If we were to think about, you know, what are you going to remember? So, you know, talking about what how this movie makes us feel, what works for us. Going beyond this movie, after having seen it once or seen it multiple times, what is it that you take away from this movie other than the famous line in the deli? Um, when you walk away from this movie, what it is, what is it that you take with you? And I, my answer, I will just say is that I think Rob Reiner does this very well in his romantic comedies, um, where he makes the relationship realistic, you know, even your, your warts and all, you're going to see what these people are going through. And they're typically, you know, in, in his movies, they're going to turn out okay in the end, but they're going to go through some stuff to get there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Sharon and I, there was a movie that we used to really, really like, and, and we can't, we haven't actually watched it in years, um, uh, called story of us. And it was Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer. And it was a Rob Reiner movie. Um, and we really liked that movie, but I, there was just something about, I don't know. I, when I think when we ourselves got married, a lot of the arguments that were had in that movie and a lot of the, just the, some of the fighting and the other stuff that they go through, it just, it was a little bit different when mm-hmm. all of a sudden you are also now married. Cause we used to watch it when we were you know dating and then engaged and, but I don't know, something, something just switched. And I think ever since we've gotten married, we've watched it maybe once and I'm like, eh, Nope, can't. I think we still like that movie. We quote it all the time, but we haven't watched mm-hmm. it again since then. And I think that's one thing Rob Reiner does well is he makes his romantic comedies realistic enough. They're not, you know, puppy dogs and rainbows. They're not everything works out where everyone is perfectly, ridiculously, deliriously happy in the end, Mm -hmm. but it works out in the end. Right. So I think that's one thing I take away from any of his movies, including this one is it's a movie that I think shows you what a real relationship would look like. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. But, But still manages to be endearing and funny and all those things. Oh yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great scenes in this. I think it's, shows that um, it takes such an interesting look at the things that just happen. Like they tried to set, you know, you, you try to set your friend up with somebody and then all of a sudden the other two people get together, you know, when the two friends get together, mm-hmm. Bruno Kirby and, uh, and uh, Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. Like the whole plan was they were for each other. And it just didn't work out that way. And that's, that's that not perfect, but still good end, you know? Mm-hmm. I think hope is a, is a message that he tries to, to put out there in this one. Um, just that things can work out in the end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know what, uh, my takeaway, I, I mean, John, yeah, you hit it from, uh, the standpoint of the real, you know, like the way he writes his characters and Bo, you grab like the message that he's putting in there. So I, I mean, I don't think I really am going to be able to point something out that is going to stick with me. That's really going to add much to what you guys already said, because I think you, excuse me, I think you guys hit on the two big themes of the, of, of two of the big themes, I should say of the movie, you know, like two of the big uh, uh, important aspects of the, of the film. And so I don't know, well, I think the interesting, the question I'd love to ask you, Pat, is because you, did you 
how many did you only get to see it once i did podcast? i did okay. only yeah so only having seen it once but you knew of the movie like when i say when harry met sally what's the thing that pops into your head like what is the one thing you took from seeing it for the first time it, it just seems like real life okay I can't disagree. It yeah. definitely, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it. So sure. is, is there anything about this movie that doesn't work for you? Is it so on the flip side of that, is there anything about this movie that you'd rather forget? Are there any scenes in particular, any characters in particular? Is there something about this movie that doesn't work for you? Well, for me, and, and this is going to kind of be like, well, no, until you guys point out, all the things I'm not thinking of right now. But I mean, for me, not really. And it's funny because each time like the characters are jerks or something goes wrong or it goes sideways and you're just like, dude, come on, man. There's always a scene where they, I'm really sorry about that. Or we're going to take some time and let's figure this out. Or they like do the correct steps to make sure that their relationships are moving ahead. You know what I'm saying? Like every time I think, no, you know, like my, my typical what happens during romantic movies Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, you're, you're listening to me. You're, you're going to go apologize. <laughs> you're apologize. Oh, you're acting like a real person. That's really, that's outstanding. And, and before, like I, so I didn't reject your question. I just kind of like sidestepped it. And I'm going to throw one more thing I thought of even the comedy, which I mean, Billy Crystal can light it up, man. And I mean, any of those guys can just, you know, those actors and actresses could really, but even the way they did their comedy, like, there's very few people in this world that are as funny as Billy Crystal, but the way he did his comedy, it didn't feel like I was watching some comedy superstar. I like, I know people that are that funny in real life. So mm -hmm. even the comedy had this filter of, okay, but it's gotta be, it's like special effects. Okay. We need to use real special effects, not CGI. Even his comedy didn't go so over the top that you felt like you were watching a comedian playing a role. Even the way he did his comedy had this, veneer of realism like okay i've known people like that i know people that are that funny they could never go on stage or be half as funny as billy crystal but the way the, do you get what i'm saying but the way they played the comedy even today was realistic. today we're going to talk like this yeah. i would like to partake of your pecan pie yeah. <laughs> pecan pie yeah it's just very natural like, like you like you said you know i mean you know people like that it's mm -hmm. not like you're watching a you know somebody like a, and, and i'm not no, not to tear him down or anything because his movies are hilarious, but um, I think of like an Eddie Murphy. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell in his movies that Eddie Murphy is, I mean, if, if, there's, if there's somebody in real life that acts like that all the time, then mm -hmm. oh, good Lord. But, um, you know, something like this performance with Billy Crystal, it's like, you, you know, I mean, you've got, we all have a quirky friend who is just a naturally funny person. And that's what kind of comes off. It's like, you're not seeing, like you say, you're not seeing this superstar comedian where he's just, you know, stealing the show and, and basically doing his stand-up routine, but on film. Right. Right. It, it was. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of blew your question out of the water. Sorry about that. But uh, so, so for what didn't work, I, you know, nothing really didn't work for me. And because I ended up just answering more about what I liked and what worked. So I guess I'm done. <laughs> I'll hand the question <laughs> off to what... Uh, because I know, John, you mentioned you did, there was some stuff in there you didn't like. What was, what was uh, eating at you there? I, I yield my time to the gentleman from Texas. I, <laughs> yeah. um, now, I mean, really, there, there's not a whole lot in this movie that I didn't like. I, I mean, there gets to a certain point when you, when you get in a story where it's, it's very much a like, will they, won't they kind of a situation. There mm -hmm. are just certain things. There were a couple little things about this movie that... And I don't know if, and I, I really like Billy Crystal, so it's it's not anything against him, but, and it, I don't think it's a New York thing. I, I I don't know what it is. I don't like Woody Allen. Okay. And so uh -huh. there are times where if I start to get a Woody Allen vibe from a movie, mm -hmm. it just, I start to switch off a little bit. And I, I can't even put it into words what it was. There were moments in this movie where I started to get a little bit of a kind of a Woody Allen vibe. And like I said, I don't even know how to articulate what that is. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a lot of times it's, and, and maybe part of it is Billy Crystal. Cause what I think I don't like about Woody Allen is the very kind of anxiety ridden, nervous energy mm -hmm. just bothers me. 
just okay. it, it, it's the same thing with well the voice doesn't help either but it's like the bobcat gold gold weight stuff mm-hmm. like i can only take so much of that um and so I, I i don't know i don't know but that's really all that bothered me about this movie is they were just there felt like little moments and i was like ah, i feel like i'm dipping into a, a woody allen movie here um you know and, and i know he's i know he's a, a renowned director so that's not necessarily a bad thing it's just something that for me personally i i tend to tend to shy away from um mm-hmm. so i can't think of too much i mean there were definitely times and it's not that long of a movie but there are definitely times where you you kind of got to those scenes where you know it was it was kind of like oh they're almost about to get together they're almost about to get together and then something kind of breaks them apart for some reason and i don't think that it's something that doesn't work for me it's just mm-hmm. times where i was disappointed and and i think that's the right feeling to have in those times when you're watching this movie you're supposed mm-hmm. to be disappointed because then when they finally do get together in the end, then it's just all the better because they've worked mm-hmm. through it. They've, they've made it through that minefield and they've come out the other side. So, so I don't even know if the, for what doesn't work for me, I don't know that it has anything to do with the quality of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's just more of a, I don't know. I, and maybe it's, maybe it's just a, a frustration, but it's more of a frustration with the characters and what they're saying to each other and what they're doing. So it not, not to the quality of the movie, not to the quality of the acting, the writing, the, any of that stuff. It's, I think I'm, I'm turning my, what doesn't work into a positive. Okay. Because I think what I'm saying is it's a good movie and I got so sucked into it that I started to get really disappointed when they didn't just come right out and say what they want to say to each other. And mm-hmm. so I blew up my own question. There we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I well, rejected, how- I rejected my own question. Yeah. I reject your reality and substitute my own. Pat, I, Pat, I reject your rejection and uh, tender <laughs> my rejection instead. I was told that I was told there would be no math. Uh, yeah. Oh, there, <laughs> there won't be. Believe me. Bo, did uh, did anything uh, not work for you? You know, it's funny. I, I'm not remembering anything specific, and I've been digging through my my limited notes that I took because it's one mm. of those movies where I'm like, ah, geez, I know it so well. I don't know that I need to to do it. But I do feel like there were occasional moments where it felt like a product of its time. All right. Um, I think if the movie was shot today, some of the male-female interactions would be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't bother me. Can, can, you, uh, can you point to any specifics? I, I'm trying to dig them up now. It was some of the more... You know, you know what? Honestly, the one that gets me is the scene whenever... Billy Crystal starts talking about how men and women can't be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to dig up the full quote because I had it a minute ago and then lost it, of course. Um, just, I feel like it, there's just an undertone of. Is it the, uh, they can't be friends unless both of them are involved with other people than they can. This is an yeah. this is an amendment to the earlier rule. If two people are in relationships, the pressure. Of, yeah. And then he comes back around and says, "No, I was wrong. They still can't." Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's sort of the way he treats the the man woman dynamic, which I feel like I didn't. It didn't. Like I said, it didn't ruin it for me. But I looked at it for a second. And I said, "Huh? I bet you can't say that anymore." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I never really thought about this movie in that context. But I was like, "Huh." Yeah, I don't think you can say that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I still feel like there was something else, but of course, as I'm, as I'm trying to articulate it, I can't find it, so I'm going to keep looking. But okay. um, Some of the stuff, when, uh, when Carrie Fisher's talking about the guy she's sleeping with, there's some stuff in there where I'm like, huh, I don't know if it would be said like that in 2019. So it definitely dates itself mm-hmm. in some places, mm-hmm. but not, not that it kills the movie for me. Right. I just think, I think the more we talk about movies and the more we analyze them through a modern lens, you start to see things and like, huh, interesting. Yeah. See, now that you're talking quotes, I just, I almost want to start going to the rabbit hole of favorite quotes from the movie. Well, we could go all day. Right. I mean, Wait, darn, there's too much pepper in my poppy cash. <laughs> One of my favorites is now I would like to leave a voicemail this way. The fact that you're not answering leads me to believe you're either A, not at home, B, home but don't want to talk to me, or C, home, desperately want to talk to me but trapped under something heavy. If it's either A or C, please call me back. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. 
So I, we've already kind of danced around this a little bit, but my, my next question for us is how influential do you think this movie has been? Oh, wow. And I, I, I think very much so. I think, and I've talked on here before about how uh, my wife, Sharon, and I, one of our favorite TV shows was uh, Mad About You with Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt. And there is, there is an episode or there's kind of like a two or three episode arc where they have this massive argument with each other and basically they, they go their separate directions and he spends like all night walking around New York city. Um, and ultimately, you know, he, he comes back and, you know, he comes running back to her at the very end of it, but you kind of have this, this where he's walking around New York city and just kind of thinking to himself. And, and I always thought, cause I had seen this movie before watching that TV show. I always thought that the scenes where he's kind of running through the city where he's like walking through the city and then he like just starts to sprint to get to the, um, to the new year's Eve party always reminded me of that scene from mad about you. So I'm, I'm certain, and I know that this, this would have come out five, maybe six years before that did. And I know that Mad About You is a very much a New York-based show. And they would, mm-hmm. they, would, they would always bring in some of the old comedians like Sid Caesar and, uh, and they bring in Carl Reiner and, and all those other people. So I know that they are certainly influenced. And, and Paul Reiser, you know, probably about the same age as Billy Crystal, I would guess. So I would assume maybe they were on some of the same, you know, comedian circuits together or, or things like that. But um, it's of kind of the same era. So I would definitely assume that that was something that was influenced by this movie. But I feel like it goes back to what we were saying earlier that um, even if you've never seen this movie, you have a pretty good sense of what this movie is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot about how influential it is, is if you don't even have to see the movie to kind of know the movie, then it, it's, it's made it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 that's what I agree with. I can't point to the, oh, will it influence this, that, or the other thing, but I can't point to the fact that everyone had seen it or talked about it or something like that, you know? So it, uh, it, it was a, it was a, it was a part of the culture as a whole, I think. Follow up, get a little bit more specific than with some of the actors, which acting performance did you like best in this movie? Of the different, I mean, we had some really good ones. So Bruno Kirby was great as the friend. Carrie Fisher was great. Um, but then we've got Billy Crystal. We've got Meg Ryan. I mean, it was it was kind of a, when you really think about it, it's a very small cast. Um, but strong performances from pretty much everybody involved. So of any of the actors in this movie, what was your favorite performance? And I don't know I, that I can, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can answer this one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to give kind of a circumspect answer here. I mean, it would be really easy to say, oh, Billy Crystal, man. Billy Crystal was awesome. But that's sort of like just, you know, taking a look and, and watching, a, watching a, uh, like a game in the NFL and then just talking about how awesome the quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the quarterback's really awesome, but who's blocking for him? Who's catching the passes? Who's, you know, can you, I'm going way deep dive into that reference, but that's kind of the thing. Like, I would love to say, oh, Billy Crystal just owned it. But if he didn't have the cast of people around him, that could go with him right on down to like Carrie Fisher as the friend. Um, the guy that was um, his buddy that ended up falling for Carrie Fisher. I mean, the way, the, the way, he, you know, they would play off of each other. If I don't think this movie could have been carried by any one people, one person, you really needed that whole ensemble because it was supposed to be about, well, it was, well, it was, uh, you know, about the two of them. They needed their friends around them to help add that, realistic thing to it so boy i just don't know that you can you know it you make a great point pat the best quote-unquote character of this movie might be the relationships between the friends so you've got Mm -hmm. the billy crystal bruno kirby thing and you've got the carrie fisher meg ryan thing Mm -hmm. and the way they're the way that relationship is played on screen Mm -hmm. so if you think about it when you see Billy Crystal, if he's not with Meg Ryan, he's with Bruno Kirby. Mm-hmm. And I think it's those scenes that show how, how those two characters are when, 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 when Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan aren't together on screen. Mm-hmm. And they're with their friends. That is what makes the other scenes make sense. Because mm-hmm. you see how they are. And then when they get together, you see 
the difference or the the how much they mean to each other because of how they are when they are together. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not a, an individual actor, but it's the performance in those scenes when they're together. The ensemble. Yeah, I, I'd love to know how they shot it. Mm-hmm. Like, did they shoot it in order? Did they have to do, you know, because it would be such a strange movie to shoot out of order. Mm-hmm. They did say, I read, but we know that happens all the time. Right. Right. I did read somewhere that that scene where all four of them are on the phone together mm-hmm. took like 60 takes to get right. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would love to see, I would love to see the takes and then have someone break it down and say why they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. You know, I oh, would, I got a hunch a lot of the takes in this one because somebody cracked somebody well, up. Well, yeah. that that could have easily been, but you know, as I was, I was, um, I told you about my deep dive into Back to the Future and the Clint Eastwood Man, Man with No Name trilogy. Well, I did the deep dive into the commentaries and the del- and I noticed that the commentary is about the finished product, and the deleted scenes aren't ever like cast off scenes it's either bloopers where someone's laughing or scenes that were superfluous for the movie you never get okay well here's all 10 takes of this scene this is why we picked this one as the best Mm -hmm. that's like the one piece that i would love to see added into the special features section of dvds and, and movies and all that like you know why why did that take 60 takes what was happening on the other one you know what I would just, I would just really love to see how they, how they crafted it. Yeah. This is one of those that I, if I, if I was going to go back and watch it, I'd, I'd love to go back and listen to the director commentary and I'd love to go back and just and try to catch, you know, anything I could find that talked about the making of this movie. I, I kind of feel like with any Rob Reiner movie, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's just because I enjoy his movies so much. And, and I would just love to, same thing with, with Spinal Tap. You know, mm-hmm. Spinal Tap and Princess Bride and like all these different movies of his. I feel like that would be just as much fun as watching the movie itself. Yeah. You you hope that the people making these movies really enjoy making these movies because it kind of seems like it comes through that they do. Yeah. Like that he seems like he would be a director people would want to work with. Right. Right. No. And I would love to, and I would love to see, like I said, you know, uh, we talked about how real this movie seemed. Is there ever a point when they're like, Hey, you know what? You're, you're just not selling it or you're acting too big, act more like a normal person. Now, yeah. obviously they're not going to, they're not going to use terminology like that. That's why I'm not a director, but what little pieces did they tweak to make this or, or did they not have to do it? Did the actors just kind of really get into their roles to the point that it wasn't acting? You know, I, mm-hmm. I just, uh, that's the piece that I would like to see. All right. Well, um, I am going to, before we jump into our five questions, I, I, I did want to ask about like a favorite, if you have a favorite scene or a favorite uh, quote in this movie, but I am going to do something. So we're going to pull back the curtain for the listeners just a little bit. I am going to do something really, really quickly because um, full transparency for the listeners, we have been recording for a while now, but we lost the first part of the recording. <laughs> oh, no. so the recording did not come through. So I'm just going to go back very quickly and ask you right now. Our first question was, um, Pat, we've, I think we've already said even a, a couple times here that this is the first time you've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Bo and I, this is, we have seen this before. I've seen this many, many times. Um, so I just want to go back very, very quickly, just briefly back to that first question. How does this movie make you feel? Like, what is it that works about this movie for you? And I think Pat, you, you referenced it just now. I think what I said was, it's it's realistic it's a it's relationships that you know the the phrase warts and all um is really i think sums up this movie that you're seeing what real people would be going through if they were trying to meet someone or you know that's why i love those stories with the the elderly couples that are peppered throughout this movie is and and they they really truly are real stories i know that rob reiner pulled those from there are actors delivering those stories but he did interview actual older couples um and got the stories from them and so um those are real stories of how people met and the same thing for the most of the movie is that he modeled it after himself that the billy crystal character was supposed to be rob reiner and the meg ryan character was supposed to be the writer Nora efron and while they didn't except they didn't ever actually get together right no. wasn't that the yeah he he actually met yeah. his wife i think his wife was 
part of the part of the production crew or, or somebody on the movie um, or, or he met her during the course of this movie. But the two of them, the writer, Nora Ephron and, and Rob Reiner never got together, but their conversations that they had about uh, the differences between men and women and like all these different things that you hear them talk about in this movie. He said that the ways that they interacted just as, as two people who became friends um, that is what made it into the movie as these conversations between Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan. Hmm. And so, and I think that that realisticness, that's not even a word, might be a word. I just made it up. <laughs> um, it's a word now, but I think that that realism of a, a true human relationship is what I like best about this movie. That's, that's what this movie kind of makes me feel is that I'm seeing something real. I'm not seeing some, idealized Hollywood version of what a love story is necessarily. I mean, certain bits and pieces. Yes. But I think you're seeing as, as true to life as Hollywood can get. Mm -hmm. So that's my quick answer back to our first question since the recording got deleted. So very, very good. What is, what is, how does this movie make each of you feel? Hopeful. Um, that, you know, you could tell at the beginning, I mean, they set it up for you. They, these two belong together for several reasons, but life gets in the way a lot, but in the end, they still, they still, uh, it still comes out that they, uh, they end up together. So hopeful. Yes. I would say happy, but then I, you know, in our last recording, I think I kind of morphed it into just content. And I referenced those, the old people interviews and that really was, was probably the most powerful part of the movie that I didn't realize till the very end when they were all sitting there telling their stories. And it's kind of like you just have this ideal, especially as a kid, before you get married and before you realize what uh, the marriage entails and all that kind of stuff, you just assume like, oh, look at that. The, the people of that, you know, one or two generations removed from you, maybe, you know, uh, the grandparent all relative to, you know, the person judging, but the grandparent generation, oh yeah, their marriages just work as if it's magic. I found the person I love, they love each other and it just works. And you don't realize that it takes work to make those things work. And you just kind of assume that it does. So when you watch those interviews, as you're watching the first, um, you know, part of the movie, and those things pop up, you just go, ah, look at that. That's a couple. They've got it figured out. They're all good to go. And then you're kind of left with, well, Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal, they, they, they just don't get it. But then the masterstroke is when they become one of the couples being interviewed on how they meet. And then suddenly you realize, oh my gosh, like there they are looking like they've got all, it all figured out. But it took, well, the timeline of the movie was what, 15 years or something like that. It took 15 years for them to realize they're supposed to be together. And there were a lot of tears and missed opportunities and misunderstandings and negative types of things on the road to figuring out they were supposed to be together. And then the bigger realization dawns on you that, oh my gosh, all of those old couples, the ones that you assume just had it figured out, um, have that same issue where they need to um, work on their relationships and marriages, but you, you just don't see that. So you assume it doesn't exist. And that was the, that was the part of the movie that it just made me happy is the word or content or just relieved is not the right word, but it just, it just worked for me. And it, it was just kind of, Oh, that's, that's really cool. That's a great perspective. You know, all marriages, all relationships take work. They don't just happen. And I thought the way they did all the build up, the slow build, the slow burn with all those couples and, Yeah, I think they set it up so well for that final reveal that it's just it's impressive. That Rob Reiner guy is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, He's not making the, movies. What's that? I said that's why Pat Canigal is not making movies because I well. can't do that. <laughs> yeah. That was most impressive. He asks each traveler five questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. You've got to ask yourself one question. Why are you asking me? For? I don't know. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room 
is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, five questions. Uh, five questions this time around for When Harry Met Sally. Uh, my first question for you is, if you were going to go on a road trip, where would you go? And I asked, I asked my family this question, and they did make me clarify, is this America? Is this anywhere in the world? Is this? And I said, oh, well, I, originally I was in America, but you can start wherever you want, I guess. Hmm. But somewhere that you would have to take a car to get there, not no boats, no nothing else. Got it. Probably Colorado or Vegas. Okay. I figured Pat would do the cannonball run, but. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I would say, you know, road trip out west. I mean, I've been to California, but I always kind of flew to get there. So I guess I would, uh, I guess I'd make it a road trip to get out there. Okay. Yeah. I chose, um, I either chose, if it could be another country, I'd either go from London to Edinburgh. I would do that one. Nice. Or, which we've made that trip a few times when I used to live there. Or I would do East Coast because we've done a West Coast. We did from uh, Reno all the way up to Portland um, a few years ago. That was the kids' first time ever flying anywhere. It was first time in California for them. Uh, we were going for a wedding and we just kind of did. We started, we flew into Reno and we're like, yeah, let's just drive. Let's just drive up California. So, and that was a really fun trip. We got to stop at a, a couple of different waterfalls and mountains and uh, crater lake in Oregon. And it, it was just a great trip, but we've never done East coast. So I, you know, I don't know if that's quite as fun of a road trip, but mm-hmm. haven't done, once you get ha- up, haven't done it before. Once you get up to Boston in that area, that's a great drive. Okay. Yeah. So never Boston's just a cool area. Never been there at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everything up there, Boston and Salem and, 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 um, Oh my God, I'm blanking on the town right now, but everything, from Boston up Cape Cod, following the the ocean there. Oh, nice. Gorgeous. That was our choice actually for our honeymoon. It was a choice to either go East coast or West coast. And we ended up going uh, West coast. We stayed in Oregon, but mm-hmm. the, the other choice was to go out that way where it was either going to be, do we do the beach and do we do Oregon or we do we do history and go to like Connecticut and Massachusetts and all those. Sure. So yeah. we picked Oregon, but we figured we'll make it out there at some point. Uh, all right. This may be a quick one. I don't know. Um, favorite Rob Reiner movie or performance. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I, I gotta go princess bride. Um, I, I really, I truly really struggled with that or spinal tap. I, I, I thought of both of those and then I, you know, I, I kept looking, I kept looking and I really dig the American president. Hmm. And he directed that. Yeah. Wow. So I went, I went with that one. I love both your answers. So I'll be the guy that says spinal tap. So we can just get them all represented there. There we go. Nice. Cause I love princess bride. I love American president. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got everything all covered. So that's good. All right. Question number three. Uh, how did you and your wife meet? So we get a whole bunch of stories of elderly couples in this movie, and they talk about how they met their significant other, sometimes meeting their significant other three or four times um, over the course of 60 years or, or, you know, love at first sight, that kind of stuff. So how did you and your spouse end up meeting each other? Go for it, Bo. Um, We met at a a bar. She was waitressing and I was uh, patronizing the establishment. Um. We struck up a conversation because she had to come by the table. She wasn't our waitress. She had to come by the table for something else. Um, and the rest, I guess, is history. There it is. Nice. Yeah. Who's next? What about you, John? Well, we met, Bo knows a lot of the story, too, because it was in high school. Um, sure. So we met, uh, I think initially it was in our uh, social studies class, our history class, freshman year of high school. And we, I think we sat, I want to say she sat right behind me. And a lot of times we, you know, when you have to like trade papers with somebody, so they grade your quiz or grade your test. And so the first indication was we were both really smart because we kept getting the same scores and mm-hmm. they were, they were pretty high scores. So I thought, oh, well, this person's pretty smart. That's a, that's a good first indication. Right. And, you know, so we'd, we'd talk a little bit here and there. We also had study hall together and we kind of sit close to each other there too. And, um, and the, one of the funny parts was, we I was having a debate in the history class with with this other kid about which of us was a bigger Billy Joel fan. <laughs> okay. And so we're, 
we were debating back as a weird thing for, you know, high school freshmen to debate, but high school freshmen are weird. So, um, so we were debating this back and forth and, and I made some comment. I was like, yeah, you know what, if you're such a big fan, what, what's the 43rd word of we didn't start the fire. And so I, I think this kind of that end of the argument, he's like, I don't know. That's a dumb question. Nobody knows that. <laughs> So then uh, Sharon came back the next day and she, I think when we, we first got to class, I don't remember if she told me or she handed me a piece of paper and she said, well, the, the 43rd word is this. And I don't even remember what it is now, but, um, you know, I bet she so, does. I, I'm, I'm sure she probably does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so that was kind of one of the, one of the first times. And then of course we, we had lunch together. We apparently survived all that because my table was the one that would start food fights. And, and unfortunately her table was kind of in the middle of, the other table we were fighting with. So <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in the midst of all that, apparently she still decided that she liked me. So, um, you know, we, we helped each other out in study hall with, uh, you know, I, I had moved from England not that long ago. So I knew Shakespeare pretty well and we were working through Julius Caesar at the time. So, um, you know, combination of that. And we just ended up being in a lot of different classes together in school. We were in the typing class together freshman year to work on your, uh, typing skills. And, um, we ended up, apparently we were both really good at typing, but we kind of faked it so that we would still be in the class together. So I, I, I typed, oh. I typed a little slower than I knew I could. And I think she did the How same thing. Romantic. And so it was, it was, it was love it at first type. Whoa. I love so. that story. She's, if I was going to be punny, I would say she's just my type. Oh, oh wow. that just happened. That just <laughs> wow. Happened. Okay. Yeah, we can, we can unleash the rest of the puns. That's totally fine. That's a dad joke there. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. That's... I'm really I'm really I'm really good at the dad jokes. Okay, you remember that thing I said about how the 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 movie was realistic and it was realistic humor? I might need to change my statement mm-hmm. now. I'm not sure, but Okay. I... <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat, what about you and Tammy? Uh well, this one time at band camp, um oh, <laughs> we, there we, we, go. we were both in marching band together and I met her at the okay. the summer, you know, the summer camp where they yeah, where you, you know, go out and learn to march and all that kind of stuff. So that's where we met. Nice. This one time at band camp. Mm-hmm. Right on. There it is. I was, I was worried with how you were going to start that story. I, that's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, question number four, I tried to think of a delicate way to ask this one, but what type of deli food makes you happy? Pickles. Mm, a good deli dill pickle you are not wrong i just i love pickles man i love pickles and i love Mm -hmm. bread so bagels holy cow oh Oh, my gosh mine centers around bread too i get it okay so what's what's yours Bo? i like a soft slice of dark pumpernickel rice oh my god in heaven that's amazing (laughs) with and it's and then it's got to be real mustard. Okay, yeah. Or a real mustard, real mayonnaise, roast beef, thinly sliced, rare as you can find it. Wow. Lettuce and tomato on that dark rye bread, and <laughs> guys, dang, something about it. You know what I? You know what I? I'll t- I feel like you. You started. You started to describe that sandwich, and I felt like Pat was trying to reenact the scene from the movie. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. yes, yes, yes. But it's. I'm sitting here, and and it's funny because there's this whole loaf of New England like like crumbly brown bread sitting in my kitchen right now that mm. might have to eat the whole loaf tonight. I'll tell you, I'll take a <laughs> loaf of the, you know, a loaf of bread or a bagel or something and slice a tomato, right? So it's open, you know, the slice, you slice it and you put a little salt and pepper on the top of it and slice, Ooh, slice some go. pickles. So you get tomato and pickle, a little salt and pepper. Holy buckets, man. There you go. Do you toast the bagel or do you leave it soft? Oh man, you bring up a really good point. I'll tell you, I like I like I like the toasted bread, and then you get some olive oil on it right away, so the olive oil kind of soaks into the toast. You know what I'm saying? And then oh, yeah. and then and then we get this uh, we get like these little uh, uh, sea salt, right? And you know you put it in the salt grinder, and you got to make sure that you don't you got to adjust it all the way so it's completely loose, so it lets the salt come out as chunks. And all it does is like cut them in half. You don't want to find Mr. Salt. You, you want chunks of salt and you just crunch, get some salt on there right on top. So it hits the tomatoes and the salt is sitting right on top of the tomatoes. Bam. And then, and then if you want a little spicy giardinera on there, 
And then, if, and then I'll tell you, man, I've been experimenting with this. So once you get your pickles and then once you get your tomato and then the salt and then the giardinera, a little bit of honey. Mm. In fact, I might not be in tomorrow, guys. I might be opening my deli. I might be opening a deli tomorrow. I'm just saying. There you go. That's I, deli. I just, I'd go. go. Oh, man. <laughs> you're as you're describing this whole thing all i'm picturing i'm, I'm jumping to another billy crystal role yeah. and i'm picturing the sunny true love is the greatest thing in the world <laughs> except for a nice mlt mutton lettuce and tomato sandwich <laughs> where the mutton is nice and lean and the tomatoes are ripe they're oh, so perky i love that oh my gosh oh <laughs> dang i'm getting hungry okay let's get through these questions i gotta get some food <laughs> so is, is there ever a time that you're not hungry no, 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 not really. Yeah. Okay. Not really. All right. I, I, knew that was, I knew that was kind of a dumb question, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, it's like a shark. I'm just always mm-hmm. on the prowl for, for food. Mm-hmm. I, the problem is my answer to this question is going to be like, ditto, like nearly everything you've just listed. I, I would, I would be totally fine with that. Um, Sharon had mentioned to me that there, there was a, a place here in Lake forest where we live that was called wine and cheese shop. Okay. Yep. That's where my roast beef comes from. Oh, there you go. And I, it still exists, but it's not quite the same as it used no, to be. No, it's yeah. not. Uh-oh. And uh, she, <laughs> now, well, they moved to a different location and it now looks very modern. Yeah. And, and it used to be, in fact, I think Sharon's phrase was, it was when they changed the floors, that's when everything went downhill. Yep. Um, She's not wrong. <laughs> no. And it used to be much more of a little rustic wine and cheese kind of shop. And they had soups and they had sandwiches. And um, it, just, it th- had a smell to it. Like it smelled it it like was, a deli. It was very, oh. it was very, very woody. And yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, and, uh, I like the way woody smells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she had I, one of her favorites was their uh, turkey and Havarti sandwich. Oh my Lord. Yes. They had, it was it, very good. I, I had that one a few times too, but so here's what I did because I knew I wouldn't be able to choose. Mm-hmm. I decided I was going to go jump to the menu. And I, if, if I ever go to New York, I, I definitely want to visit this place. The actual cat's delicatessen where the scene takes place in this mm-hmm. movie is still around. Okay. And apparently this year they've been doing a bunch of when Harry met Sally stuff because it's the 30th anniversary. So I went to look at their menu and mm-hmm. I was going to try to figure out what would I pick from their menu if I was to go there. And apparently I'm just going to die eating there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because because I had a really hard time narrowing it down. I think what I'm probably going to choose though, is their uh, Katz's corned beef sandwich. Oh, the, the description. And, and apparently these sandwiches are huge. They, they do say on the menu that their hot sandwiches are the largest and the best you will ever have. We dare you to finish one. And this corned beef sandwich is $21 and 95 cents. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's just a New York city price or if that's a, this is a huge sandwich price. Um, Maybe a little of both. Maybe a little bit of both. But uh, the description is, our secret dry cure pickling formula Formula requires a full month to be ready to serve. The secret to finishing one is to pace yourself. Like, mm. Okay. <laughs> and, and that one is in between the pastrami sandwich, smoked to juicy perfection and hand-carved to your specifications, and the brisket sandwich, slow-roasted in grandma's gravy. So I'm just looking at this whole menu and going, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> just all of it. Thank you, thank you, sir. May I have another? Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. that's my answer too. Is yes. All right. So now, what I want you guys to do is, I want you to pick one, pick either Meg Ryan or Billy Crystal, and what is your favorite performance of theirs? What movie is your favorite of theirs? Well, can I just take Meg Ryan, say Top Gun, just so I can talk about Top Gun because the new Maverick trailer came out? Or is that kind of like, is that a stretch? <laughs> yeah, go for it. You get, Pat, you can say whatever you want. Okay. Uh, then I'm going with that yeah. because Top Gun's really cool. <laughs> okay. There you go. Hey, Goose, you big stud. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that's just good stuff. Mm-hmm. I got to say Billy Crystal City Slickers. Yeah. Nice. Nice. That's one I haven't seen in a while. I got to go back and rewatch that one at some point. Yeah. Yeah. I think mine is going to be, I, I, I went with Meg Ryan for mine and I'm going to go with French kiss. I think we, mm. Sharon and I, I know watched that one several times, um, you know, when we were in high school and I think we were on kind of a uh, Meg Ryan movie kick. Cause I'm looking at her IMDB page. I'm like, Oh yeah. Watch that one. 
watch that one watch that one several times mm-hmm. um but that one i just her and kevin klein that whole movie is hilarious um and you know making fun of french accents which is always fun mm-hmm. someone's got to do it somebody has to right all right. Well, I think that's actually going to do it for this episode on When Harry Met Sally. So uh, thank you, Bo and Pat, for being here. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. So I'm, I'm kind of looking ahead to what our schedule looks like. We are, December is a weird, crazy month, and, and it's been kind of a busy month anyway, and, and we've got Star Wars coming out and all kinds of other stuff. So and did we mention Star Wars? Because that's important. Let's make sure we, everyone we need, knows. We, we need to mention it because I, yes. since we lost the first part of our recording, we did actually talk about Star Wars for a little bit, but um, you know, we will, we will, we'll let that, let that go for now. And we'll just <laughs> let that recording be lost to the ether and, and just say that we did talk about Star Wars earlier and we said many wonderful things about it. Just to warm up, you know, get yeah. the pipes warmed up. Right. Right. So uh, Star Wars is coming out in just, well, after this, episode is published it'll be one day until star wars comes out i know i'm going to see it that night um probably uh probably will actually record an episode by myself for that one or maybe with the kids because i think um i think you guys will see it a little bit later than when i'm going to put out the episode so um so i feel free to call into the love line for one of our later episodes or whatever but i think for that one i'm going to try to put one out um coming up this weekend so we'll get that one out pretty quickly after the movie comes out for anybody who wants to partake of the pecan pie that is star Wars, the rise of Skywalker. Is it just going to sound like the, I have what she'll have seen that I'll have. What she's- <laughs> Basically. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Skywalker will be rising. All right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So that's what you chose for. Ne- never mind. You know what? You know what? <laughs> yep. I'm going to go slice a pickle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for when Harry met Sally. We will be back here next time, probably for Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, coming up in just a few days. Um, and then after that, we've got on Christmas Day, we will have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And then at some point, um, and I, this may be another one that I, because of our schedules, everything else, I may have to just do this one myself or or find another way around it because we're kind of running out of time uh, is our last movie of 89. Our last movie of the eighties will be say anything. Hmm. Um, and that one will be putting out probably just right around uh, new year's Eve. So to, well. to get, to get that one in 2019 before it turns to 2020 um, you know, if, if nobody else is available, I may just do that one by myself real quick or, or, you know, figure something out. Right. But, um, but definitely we're going to, we're all going to be together for Christmas vacation. So I'm looking forward to that one. Yes. Can't see the line, can you, Ross? Nope. 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 Dad, you sure can't. All right, gentlemen, thank you for being here. We will see you all back here next time for, uh, well, Rise of Skywalker and Christmas Vacation and then say anything. So in the meantime, go watch some good movies. Be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. We'll be back here next time with Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm.